Hey friends, Genuine Life with me, Jody Stevens. This program's about helping you overcome addictions and codependencies and other life challenges, emotional, spiritual, and mental challenges that we run into in life, right? Today, I'm talking about three things you absolutely must do if you want to get and stay sober from drugs and alcohol. You can find out more. You can check out my healing blog at jodystevens.org, J-O-D-I-E, Stevens with a V, jodystevens.org. There are some resources there for you. And then also my uh, healing course on identity. All right, so what are those three things you absolutely must do to get and stay sober? Number one is admit you have a problem in the first place. Number two is ask for help because we can't do it alone. And number three is practicing rigorous honesty throughout the recovery process and also throughout our life. That's super important. Why is it? We'll talk about it. Of course, admitting you have a problem, right? I mean, that might seem honest or that might seem obvious, but it's of course easier said than done. Um, you know, in my drinking days, I was pretty secretive. And so not a lot of people came up to me and confronted me about my problem. In fact, actually no one did because I hid it pretty well. But then through continuous blackouts and what I would classify as some near-death experiences, I finally reached a point of admitting to myself hey, I have a problem. I need to stop drinking. This isn't working for me. And I had tried sort of the the bargaining where I tried different ways of controlling the addiction. So maybe I'll drink this instead of that, or I'll only drink tequila, or I'll only drink beer, or only drink wine. None of that stuff worked. This was after I was, I had tried everything to sort of manage this addiction, right? So I could kind of have my cake and eat it too, which is part of the process as we're, as we're beginning to admit to ourselves, Hey, I think I have a problem. We kind of do this bargaining thing. Okay. Where we try to, we try to see if we can manage the addiction. And so that wasn't working. And so I was at the point where I need to get help. I have a problem. But before I could ask for help, I had to admit that I had a problem. I had to admit that, quote, my life had become unmanageable because of my addiction, as it talks about in step one of Alcoholics Anonymous, which says, admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. What is unmanageable? That's you know, hiding our addiction, having blackouts, driving drunk. If you get worse into your addiction, whether it's drugs or alcohol or anger, um, it's causing problems. It's causing problems in your job. It's causing problems in maintaining relationships. Relationships with your kids and your family suffers. The biggest one is you're hiding, you're lying. You're hiding your addiction. You're, 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 you know, you've got little places around the house where maybe you keep the drugs and the alcohol, uh, things like that. Or, if you're powerless over anger and stuff, you're destroying relationships. You can't keep relationships and jobs because maybe you're uh, struggling with control issues and anger is one of the ways that you keep think you're keeping control and it, it tends to get out of control and, and your relationships suffer. So um, things like that, but I'm, I'm sure that you know someone maybe like this with um, an explosive temper 
or maybe someone who is highly manipulative and they are the kind of person who they deflect the behavior or there's always someone else to blame when they're confronted. And until they can take ownership of their problem and look at how it's impacting themselves and how it's impacting others, it's really impossible for them to change. And I mean impossible. And the same is true when it comes to substance abuse, right? Admitting this level of weakness is hard for many people because it requires what's called humility. And, you know, the Bible tells us that we were all born powerless over sin. There's no exception. That's everyone. So admitting that we have a problem that we're powerless over an addiction is human, right? It's human. We all struggle. We all have weaknesses. If you struggle with addiction, then this is your weakness. Humility is different than shame. You know, humility says, I'm not the best and I'm not the worst, right? I'm simply human, right? So humility different than shame. There is no shame in admitting that we have a problem, right? So Number one, admit you have a problem. Number two is ask for help. It's impossible to get and stay sober on our own, and especially to dig into some of the issues of why we were drinking or using or having these explosive temper tantrums or whatever sort of the life controlling issue is. We need help. We need support. Um, and we need to come out of isolation so that we can get help for that problem. And is there anything more humbling than asking for help? I mean, probably, but, you know, asking for help can actually be the most courageous thing that you ever do. Um, I remember the morning that I decided to get sober, that I decided I was done drinking. Um, it was, I had woken up, I was shaking, I was having all kinds of problems and I was afraid I was going to die. I really was. And I, I had the phone, you know, I had held the phone in my hands, you know, wanting to call and ask for help. And I probably had the phone in my hands for about two hours before I finally got the courage to dial the number and ask for help. I have not taken a drink since Sometimes humility takes a lot of courage and the world is full of humble, courageous people asking for help every day. And it's also full of humble, courageous people willing to help you. So asking for help again is courageous and it helps us get out of shame because one of the roots of addiction, in fact, I think the root of addiction is shame and shame lies to us. It whispers to us and says, help cannot be found outside yourself. Help can't be found outside of myself, right? I'm better to just go this alone, right? Um, maybe when I was younger or a kid, people weren't there to help me. I had to manage all these emotional problems alone, you know, or when I did show vulnerability or when I did ask for help, I was shut down. So I'm not going to do that again, right? So that's some of, one of the reasons why it can be very hard to ask for help, right? Um, but shame wants to keep us isolated. Shame is the enemy of your soul wanting to keep you in the dark so that the only thing you're reaching out for um, to try to help you is that addiction, right? That's what the enemy wants you to do. So 
healing is found in community. You know, I, I say this over and over again. You can't really understand the things that are wrong in your relationships and things like that until you know what's right, until you get with healthy people, right? Once you're around healthy people, they can shine a light on, lovingly shine a light on some of the things that you're struggling with. And so finding a safe, healthy group, whether it's a recovery group, um, a trusted therapist as well. Um, if there were is abuse and things like that in your past and in your childhood, it's super important to get a really great therapist if you can do that and then also get into a great recovery group. Those two things together um, are super, super helpful. So admit I've got a problem. My life is spinning out of control because of this addiction or this life controlling, um, you know, anger or whatever it is, uh, codependency, addiction to people, um, sexual addiction, you know, I'm in Nevada now gambling, right? Whatever it is, it's controlling my life. I'm making excuses. I'm lying about it. It's destroying my job, my relationships with other people. I'm hiding stuff. You know, those are just, um, some signs. I keep trying to quit on my own and I can't. So admitting we have a problem, asking for help. And then once we do those things, then, the real work starts. And that's where the practicing rigorous honesty comes in. Because the thing of it is, is that an addiction, right? Whether it's anger or control or addiction to people or all those things I just mentioned, it's a band-aid. It's just covering up for um, woundedness, feelings of shame, feeling not heard, feeling not validated, feeling invisible, right? And so it's digging into all that stuff and looking at those things. And that's where rigorous honesty comes in. I want to read you something. This is from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it's from the how it works section. And I love this. Um, it says, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. Okay, honesty is huge. It doesn't matter if this is AA or Celebrate Recovery or your Bible study or your therapy session. If you can't get honest with yourself, you can't heal. It says there are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born this way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those two who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders. I'm talking about people with narcissistic personality disorder, borderline, schizophrenia. These are people that I have seen in the rooms of AA that have managed to stay sober. It said many of them do recover if they have the capacity of being honest. So why is honesty such a big deal? Because when we lie to ourselves, it's hard to get better because we're not admitting we have the problem, right? When we're trying to get help, maybe we're, we struggle with some of these narcissistic issues. And in addiction recovery, you see kind of extremes, like a lot of us are somewhere in the middle, but you see kind of like 
a lot of people that struggle like with boundaries and things like that. And then a lot of people that are kind of on the other side of the spectrum where there's some more control and narcissistic behavior, right? And that's that's um, not uncommon. So it's looking at that and it's like, okay, so when I go to the therapist or when I go get help, am I going to be honest or am I just going to try to manipulate them and okie dokie, <laughs> you know, and do all that kinds of stuff. So we have to put that away. We have to be humble and it hurts, right? We get wounded. We get triggered. It's like we get triggered back into our childhood and, and think, and it's really hard. And by a trigger, that means, you know, something's wounding us and it's driving us to drink or use or get angry or it's deep down inside and it's looking at that and going, what is that? What happened to me when I was five? Did my mother really love me? Maybe she was a narcissist or had borderline or had some kind of an issue and, and the love was only conditional and I didn't want to admit that to myself. And so now I drink and pretend that everything's fine when it's not. So that's what I mean by honesty. It's looking at all that stuff and then we sort it out. You know, um, there's plenty of blame to go around. It could be something from your childhood. And then it's looking at that and then going, okay, so so that happened. But now it's my responsibility. It's, it's not my fault, right? If you struggle with these problems, it's not always your fault, right? Um, God sees the wounding that you experienced maybe as a child or in the abuse of marriage or whatever it was that kind of led to these addictions. But now that we have been honest with ourselves, that means that we sort out, okay, what belongs to someone else, right? Maybe my mother or father did that or ex-wife or ex-husband, brother, sister, that kind of a thing. And what part is mine? How did I handle it? What am I afraid of? How am I treating other people because of it? What relationships am I destroying? Am I stealing money from people? Am I greedy? Am I, do I have sexual problems? Am I full of lust? You know, whatever it is, then we, we sort out what's theirs, what's mine, how do I go forward and how do I fix all this stuff? And, um, that requires kind of just this continual lifelong process of what they say in recovery is sweeping off our side of the street constantly. So every time, like in my life, every time something bad happens, right, or there's a mix up between a friendship or there's a communication problem, I always look at my part before throwing blame. Okay. I always look at, okay, what can I do uh, to change? What can, what, what, you know, what part's mine? And sometimes, right, there are other people to blame, right? But it's just looking at, you know, what is my part in this situation? What can I learn from it? And how can I go forward, right, with healthy boundaries, right? So it doesn't mean, you know, letting people walk all over you or anything like that. It's just practicing honesty and personal growth in every situation. So anyway, I hope those three things help. There's tons of other super important things that we need to do to get and stay sober. Uh, one of my favorite ones is the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept what I can't change, the courage to change what I can, the wisdom to know the difference. And really, it just means that, that you know, I, I'm upset with what's going on in my life right now, but I'm going to surrender it like to you, Lord. I'm going to pray for the courage to, to do what I can to um, make some changes or whatever it may be. And then 
the things that are really out of my control, I'm going to give them to the Lord. And that can really help in the sobriety process. So anyway, that's four things. But (laughs) the three that we're talking about, right? Admit you have a problem, ask for help, and practicing rigorous honesty. So thanks for watching, friends. Thanks for hanging out. Later on in the week, I'm going to be talking with a friend of mine, and she's going to tell an amazing story about overcoming her addiction. So check out that episode coming up in just a few days. If you want to find out more, um, you can check out my website. It's jodystevens.org again. And if God has delivered you from something amazing, done something amazing in your life, you've overcome an addiction, uh, I would love to hear from you. And Uh, hear your story and your testimony on this program so you can connect with me as well by emailing me. It is connectwithjodystevens at yahoo.com. So we'll see you next time and thanks for watching.